Jones, 30, 35, 40, he's in midfield, and they'll never catch The Show Me Your News Network proudly presents Down the Sidelines. And now, representing the Michigan Wolverines and the West Virginia Mountaineers, you may know them as Yoko and I'm a Beast, it's Peter Stasia and Joel Orndorff. Welcome back to the Gridiron. I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. And Down the Sidelines is the sports podcast that debates and predicts the latest in the athletic world. We are part of the Show Me Your News Network, and this is the 27th episode of the podcast on April 4th, 2013. The March Madness is almost over, even though we're in April. It's that downtime before the Final Four happens this weekend, and then Monday comes the National Championship. It's been an exciting tournament so far, Joel. Yeah, it really has. Um, you know, like I was talking about before the thing, I was like, oh, I think the seeding was done really well. Well, I think I'm going to take those words back. Cause... Well, especially for that, the one bracket. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was just, I don't know. Like, I almost feel like at first it was really embarrassing for some of those schools. But after what happened, not really so embarrassing because it happened to a lot of people that, I mean, teams that people picked to go really far, mm-hmm. just getting you know, knocked over and just couldn't do anything against some of these schools. And, you know, I, I what, you'd say maybe the the Florida Gulf Coast University 15 seed, probably, probably you know, up until this point, the story of the tournament. I think I'd so. Say. You know, first 15 seed to ever make the Sweet 16, mm-hmm. uh, you know, seventh ever to win the 15-2 matchup. Yeah. And they had some stat where it's like, oh, the other teams before had lost that Sweet 16 matchup by like 15 points an average of. Yeah. And then Florida Gulf Corps twins by 10. Yeah. So, they, yeah, that uh, was, that's crazy. Very impressive. I mean. The Dunk City. It, yeah, the style in which they, you know, the the kid that actually, I, I think that that, that one alley-oop dunk, mm, yeah. he's from Parkersburg, West Virginia. Oh. Um, and... It was really funny because after that game, a lot of people were like hounding our coach for why he didn't recruit him. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, come on. Like, I'm sure many schools did not. Like, right. Um, but he's a local kid, man. Yeah, no. It, the thing that was interesting about them is they were, I mean, they were just a high flying offensive team. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's really what they were. And they just beat people in transition. And, um, you know, I, eventually, I think they just got overwhelmed talent wise. By some of these yeah, other I think schools. so. But um, I don't know. I mean, it still, I, I, you know, people, people are talking about Wichita State, you know, saying they don't really have a chance in the next game and all that kind of stuff. But I, like you were, like we were talking earlier, they should have been high, higher seated. Oh, for think. sure. I mean, and, they, the one kid is going to play in the NBA. I'm sure of it. And I mean, the, the funny thing is, in the last game, they built that huge lead against Ohio State without him. He was oh, out yeah. most of it. So yeah, we'll we'll discuss the tournament a little bit more. It's our uh, ten yard story coming up here. But the red zone, we break down the three biggest stories from the past couple weeks in sports. We start at the twenty yard line, and it's you know, a different kind of basketball. The NBA yep. has their regular season wrapping up soon, and you know, for all intents and purposes, the playoff picture is looking pretty set. Yeah, I mean, in the East, you know, Philadelphia is in the nine slot, and they're six games back of eighth seed Milwaukee. Um, you know, some things may change here and there, like Chicago's uh, half game back of Atlanta for the five seed. But, you know, Miami is running away with the top seed. They already locked that up. 
Yeah. Uh, then it's right it, now. It, it didn't quite get the the record that they wanted, but I mean, you know, I That's I true. think they're fine. Isn't that funny? Bill? <laughs> we were we were saying at the end of the last episode, and it was the game they played against Cleveland, and we're like, oh man. They're like down by twenty. The streak is over, and then like yeah. they come back and yeah, continue for a few more games, and then <laughs> you know, funny, Chicago, least. you know, gets them at home, and you know Chicago's a good team, so they were gonna face you know a little string of you know better teams, mm-hmm. uh, but it ended up with what twenty seven. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty, really good. pretty good. Yeah, second longest streak out of the four major sports all time. Yeah, yeah you can't can't beat that. Right now in the East, it's Miami, New York, Knicks, Indiana, Brooklyn, Atlanta, Chicago, Boston, Milwaukee. So it's going to be those eight teams, more or less. Yeah. Uh, you know, just you know, mix them around a little bit. What they've got probably about eight games or so left. I'm looking at here. You know, actually 74. They got 82. Yeah, and Miami's got eight games left probably. Uh, so yeah. it's really wrapping up soon. We're probably going to get you know closer to a playoff picture on the next episode here. Mm-hmm. But in the West, it's a little more interesting. Yeah. Uh, you do have San, Diego, San Antonio at the top. Oklahoma City's a game and a half back. Yeah, they really caught up to them. Uh, Denver with their streak that they had. They're in three <laughs> slot. The Clippers, Memphis Grizzlies, Golden State Warriors, Houston Rockets, and then the Lakers. The Lakers, who I thought would win the <laughs> NBA championship at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. And they struggled all year. Yeah. Um. They're now a half game up on the Utah Jazz. And mm-hmm. They're really coming down the stretch here. Uh, Dallas is only a couple games back of Utah, and those are pretty much the only teams. Yeah, in the no of it, one else so. is gonna catch up. So, I mean, that's the main question we have to ask here. We make the play. Will the Lakers make the playoffs? I think they will. Um, what that was it, like six of their seven games are at home. Mm, I think yeah. something like that, and um. I don't know. I was just like trying to compare the Jazz's schedule because, you know, I really think that they're really the only team that could possibly catch them at all. Um, I think they have a more. I think they have a tougher schedule yeah. to, to end the year compared to the Lakers. I think the Lakers will end up winning more games in that time period. So. Yeah, I mean, I I think they will as well. There's also a video floating around. I have not seen <clears throat> it yet. Um. I'm not the biggest fan of the NBA, but I don't mm-hmm. want to really diminish that experience anymore. Yeah. But this this video floating around, and you know, some people have been sharing it on Facebook and whatnot, are saying that you know, is the league rigged? That, oh. you know, they want the Lakers to be in the playoffs at least, and it was probably some stuff involving <laughs> referees and making calls and doing things in the Lakers' favor. Um, but it's. I mean, well, it's, it's, it's like to, they can make the playoffs. Yeah. They're going to get beat. <laughs> like, well, I just I saw I, I got distracted. Uh, something popped up on the phone. I'll, I'll mention later. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, sports story going down. Um, but yeah, I think I mean, the NBA does need the Lakers. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think they should be you know, <laughs> cheating per se to what make it happen. What about the Clippers? Poor Clippers. <laughs> they do a lot better. And the Clippers are a better team. <laughs> But it's it's that uh, those ratings, and yeah. They're just much more. There's just so many fans. I think that's mm-hmm. like I mean, so many everywhere kind of thing. I know plenty of people that are huge Lakers fans that live right around me. So, um, yeah, I mean, you get that with any team that's like really popular. 
I'm sure there's just as many people out there that love to hate them. Yeah. Because well, I mean, like, yeah. The, the Pistons right now are are struggling mm-hmm. uh, in Detroit, but when never the Lakers come to town, like it's you get Kobe jerseys everywhere. Oh yeah. Like it's, it's crazy. I had um, I have a friend who his family they went to Charlotte the Charlotte game mm. to watch them because one of their relatives lives close there and it's like. They obviously weren't going to see Charlotte. No, they were no, going to see not. Kobe. <laughs> like, <laughs> in, like even in a year where they're, you know, it's a down year, it's still a big thing. Yeah, to go see them just because they're the Lakers. Well, plus Kobe doesn't have too much longer left. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you just gotta think his he's got to be in his last couple of years. Yeah, the, the body's wearing on him. He started young, eighteen, yeah, he's, and he's passed so. a ton of really great players. So a lot of them that played for the Lakers. So. Yeah, and Shaq just got his jersey number retired there. Yeah, what, was there like something? Did they screw up with that or something? I, I heard know. somewhere like they in one of the things they like screwed up the number or they screwed up his name or something. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Please welcome back, Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> no, I don't know. They put the what's that movie? Oh, uh, Kazam. Kazam. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez! And then they started playing around with Shaq Fu too. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's interesting to think about. Like, I mean, the Lakers will probably make the playoffs. I mean, they just have more talent than the Jazz. And then you're saying, yeah. yeah I mean, they're at home. Kobe's just playing. I mean, he's playing a lot more. I guess you would say like team based basketball. Yeah. He's his assists have gone up a ton in the past couple games. Compared to what he usually averages, so although he's he does have, he also does have that highlight from earlier in the year against Brooklyn, where he just like took on two defenders, and like nope, dunking <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, he can do that still. So, I mean, if like, they do get the eight and they match up against San Antonio, either San Antonio or Oklahoma City, it's a tough matchup. But yeah, I mean, you got to think they... that maybe with with less injuries this year, that they would have even had a better record. San Antonio's going to be missing Ginobili for a few weeks, though. So, I mean, if yeah. the Lakers end up playing hot, they can beat anyone. But it's they've had a tough time putting it together. And I just read a stat that uh, Dwight Howard has missed more free throws this season than Steve Nash has missed in his entire career. <laughs> That's incredible. It's like 330-something. Man, that's like... Shaquille O'Neal territory. Yeah. Hackett White. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's get to the 10-yard line, and this is the I mean, Marsh Madness. Like We've had several rounds happen since we predicted our brackets. Uh, mine kind of crashed and burned. Oh, I think everybody's pretty, I mean, pretty hard. It's weird, because like, the, the people that like, and some of the other ones that I'm in, um, people that never do well are doing very well. There was actually somebody that had Florida Gulf Coast in the final four. Wow. I don't even know like how they did that. Huh. Like how they did that, but they got a ton of points just from the whole Elite Eight thing. So I mean, I I was sitting pretty low, and usually like past brackets, I've done astoundingly well in the first couple rounds. This never <laughs> always panned out to, you know, good final fours and all I that. But add right away. <laughs> yeah, I mean but this year. Like I thought there was there was the chance. I was doing atrocious in the first couple rounds, but I'm like, my final four teams are still intact. It's okay. So 
I had Ohio State lose to Wichita State in the Elite mm-hmm. Eight. Uh, you couldn't see the Miami thing coming, where they lose their center to injury, yeah. and then their point guard is playing sick. Mm-hmm. So they lose to Marquette, a team who had been very lucky in the first two weeks. That Davidson game, I was listening to that game coming back on the radio, and Davidson choked hard. Oh yeah, I watched it like, and I had to after it ha- it like happened so quick at the end of the game. I was like, wait, what just happened? Had to rewatch it. Like I had to go back and watch it again. I was like, "How did that happen?" And Marquette had only only been like one for twelve from three point range. They hit three in a row to try to make the game close. Uh, that was crazy. So I, mean, I don't know. I just loved the one kid, Vanderblue. I loved his name. Yeah, Vanderblue. <laughs> um, for Michigan and Kansas, like it ended up being that matchup, and I didn't think it'd be that matchup. I thought, you know, Michigan had struggled near the back half of the year. Um, but it was it was really that team putting in Mitch McGarry as a starter, and mm-hmm. he had struggled the yeah. whole year. Yeah. Uh, so I thought he would be a non-factor. He, and he needed he's... to to play his way into that spot, I think. Mm-hmm. And and he is a much different player than he was well, earlier. He, he was a total difference maker, and it really turned the team around. So I thought VCU it, it, would. It not really come... helps them size wise, and like it gives them somebody who can score on the post. Yeah. Because before that, like all you know, all the other guys they had. They could play defense, you know, and they they could get in there and get rebounds, but this guy can score. I mean, that's that a really big too. Like Michigan, you, they, you could get in there and get rebounds, but Michigan just didn't have the size. Yeah, he gives that size Helps element a too. lot, and so, it gives them someone else who can get fouls. I mean, that can play, yeah. you know, like g- give minutes. That's really the biggest thing with them. And and he just didn't have the endurance in the beginning of the year. Like mm-hmm. he'd play for a couple minutes, and then he'd, be, he'd just be drained. So and you know, you know, I think the biggest thing is, um, you know, Michigan probably uh, threw a lot of people's brackets off because I think that that VCU game, I really, I think that that was the one game that if they hadn't played Michigan, mm-hmm. they might be in the Final Four. Yeah, that's possible. Um, you know, that team, for all intents and purposes, there were people who had them in the national championship game. I mean, experts. Yeah, all over the place, and I think that the fact that they just ran into a team that could handle them is Michigan steamrolled them. It was yeah, ridiculous. The Michigan Kansas game, though, I'm looking at them like, all right, I can cheer for my alma mater, who I didn't think would be this far in the bracket, but then they're going against my bracket champion. So if they lose, it's no big deal because it's my bracket champion. I'm at a bar watching with my brother, and. When Trey Burke hits that three mm-hmm. from way outside, oh, yeah. really it's, it's the classic no, 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 yes! <laughs> like, like um, place went crazy. It was they, crazy. Yeah, seriously, um, it, it's been Kansas's problem all year. They can't finish games at all. I mean, re- like, for, once it gets to, you know, the last 10 minutes of the game, they seem to struggle so much more. Mm-hmm. And I, that I, I think that's what it was. Michigan just wore them out as the game went on, and you know foul trouble helped too. And I was like, I, what I was really thinking in my head was, I was thinking if they can get, you know, that center out of the game, overtime, they can, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, well, especially if they could get that guy to foul out. I was like, they've got them in overtime. It's not even close. They didn't even need to get him to foul out. They mm-hmm. just took over in overtime. So yeah. I had mentally given up on the game. Like when you're watching basketball games, college especially, you hit a point where it's like, okay, this game's over. Mm-hmm. Like I hit that point, and wow, I mean, it was, it was a great comeback. Yeah, and I mean, besides that game, they've you know handled everyone pretty well. 
And I think the fact that they've got got through that game just made things so much easier. We can talk about, I mean, if you want to talk about that Florida-Michigan game, I, I can kind of explain why they beat them so badly. I mean, it really had to do a lot with Florida not even wanting to try and press them during the they entire They didn't show game. up. They yeah. flat out did not I know, show but, up. Like, and... What I don't understand is that if you press, I mean, that is basically what you're doing the entire tournament to to win all these games to get there. And then you don't even try and do it in the next game because you think Michigan can handle the press, so you're not even going to try it at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, the other thing is obviously they didn't score. If you can't score, then it's hard to set up a press, and they just shot probably as bad as you can. So I mean, that made things a lot easier. But then you got the one kid who's standing wide open the entire game, and he just knocked down his shots. I mean, what he was he hit all his yeah. three pointers. Yeah, Nick so, Stauskas. And... Yeah, if you can let Trey Burke be a facilitator too, that's great. Well, that's when he's most dangerous. If he gets in the lane, yeah. you know, distribute. Trey Burke, AP, National Player of the Year. Well Gotta mention that. Well deserved, yeah. absolutely. Really, his, his his performance compared to the guys that were you know ranked up there alongside him, and the fact that he's on the only team still playing. Right, that, that too. too. But, I mean, yeah. but then you know CBS is doing that Naismith Award too, and. I think there's the same players, but I mean, what Doug McDermott from Creighton, or Otto Porter Jr. from Georgetown, yeah. Victor Oladipo, I think, is you know, the other contender from Indiana. Yeah. But then it, it's it's got to be Trey Burke. Yeah, I I, I think so. I think it, I think he deserved it, and um, really just improved so much as a player over the mm-hmm. years. Um, now he's come out and said that if if Michigan wins a national championship, he'll go pro. Yeah, I think he's going pro regardless. Yeah, I think but... so. I, I think this is kind of. I think his stock is not going to be higher, and you don't want to risk injury or anything. And right. I mean, although at the same time, you know, in football, it's a different circumstance, of course. But everyone thought uh, Taylor Lewan, the left tackle, was going. You know, top yeah. five pick, and he came back to Michigan. Uh, so. You know, and and speaking of injuries, I mean, it's kind of one of the things we you kind of have to talk about it. If if you if you talk about the Duke Louisville game, oh my goodness, yeah. Um, oh. And I was listening to that game on the radio, thank goodness, because I really didn't want to. See I was it. talking to my grandmother, and I didn't see it live, but we were they were doing the replays and all that, and oh, you see it there. I saw, I saw a Instagram picture that was probably filtered over like a oh, no. hundred times so that it didn't look as bad, like. So I you, saw a close-up yeah, picture the next day, and like that looked bad. But just seeing it in motion, poor Kevin Ware. I mean, yeah. thank goodness you know, the surgery went well. He was in high spirits, and he's really taking it like a champ. Um, yeah. And he'll, he'll be fine. He'll come yeah, back in you know, a year, so. year of real bis- real, ah, rehabilitation and, I think, you know, and all that. People, I was listening to you know, a podcast earlier this week about how, uh, how well it was handled, the hmm. whole situation, and kind of just... Um, I mean, like, it was the fact that that kid was laying there like that and, you know, he wasn't freaking out (laughs) compared to his teammates who were, you know, so distraught and everything. But the fact that they were able to come out and play well, because seriously, you know, it was right in front of their bench. And, um, you know, and and then, of course, after the whole thing, you've got to talk about, you know, it does really hurt their depth because he was playing really well. Mm -hmm. Um. And especially well, can, can I mention that if any part of that clip would be deemed interesting, 
it would be the bench reaction. Oh I yeah. Mean, granted, I mean, like you know the, the tibia breaking and of course the compound fracture, like just revolting and like, one of the worst. I I thought the Marcus Lattimore injury was the worst injury I'd seen on TV before. Like obviously this ousted it. Yeah. Like, not even close. But the, way, yeah, the, the bench way. reaction was fascinating because everyone's looking up at the shot that you know the Duke player had put up, and they saw it miss, and then. I'm like, it must have been like the the yell of pain or whatever, but like that they all kind of look at Kevin Ware and then just in unison, just moving away, like revolting, like this the all like covering their face. It was like if you look at it in slow motion, it's it's remarkable, like how just watching the bench's reaction to it. Yeah, I mean it's. When you you know you've got your part of your bone sticking out of your leg. Yeah. Kind of, I, I I mean I can't really think of anybody that's something that they'd want to see. No, <laughs> or no. just like I don't know. I I know that if I saw it up up close and personal, I'd react. I mean, pro- I mean I've seen some like kind of bad. I've seen concussions up close and that kind of stuff um, on the football field. Mm. Um, luckily, w- this is kind of a weird thing, a weird coincidence. I don't know, like. Last time my my school made the final four, we played Duke in that building. Oh. And our best player got hurt. Um not that serious. Um like he he came back from the injury and everything, but you know, he was obviously d- finished for the season mm. and he was down on the court screaming in pain and just kind of the same thing the way that the bench reacted and the way that everybody reacted was kind of just like the place got dead quiet mm. that kind of thing and I, I was just like oh there's something about that freaking arena and playing <laughs> duke at the same time Jeez. it just makes it like uh create like i don't i don't know why this keeps happening but um you know it's good that he made it through the surgery fine he's already back home he's already starting to rehab and all that stuff um so that's good. I mean, it's obviously just really traumatic. Yeah. The way that it happened. So I, I still haven't like seen actual video footage of it or anything. But, um, but you know, we could talk about you, how you haven't seen the video. No, I. I oh. Not the video. I oh my goodness. No, I, I understand that you know Kevin Ware is saying he doesn't want to see it, and like I I totally get oh, yeah. that. And if you want to see it, of course it's out there. But that's interesting. Yeah. The uh, uh, it's it's pretty. Like it's just think like it's bending in wrong angles and it's just yeah. kind of dangling there. I, you know, oh, I just felt like we had to say something about it. Oh, no, no, you, you're right. I mean, you know, besides that, <laughs> uh, the game itself, um, kind of, kind of like how I thought it would go. Yeah. Um, you're looking really solid in your Louisville pick, I must say. Well, I think what it is is, you know, I'd only watched a few of Duke's games, but I I figured the pressure would get to them because mm-hmm. that's usually what gets to most teams when they play Louisville. It's just they get into another gear, and when they when they turn you over, they are down the court like that, turning mm-hmm. in the points. I mean, that whole starting five, they can just go at a different pace than everybody else. And um, I mean, I think that's I'm, I'm that, that's that. where the losing the him hurts because. Like Peyton Siva gets in foul trouble a lot, yeah, and then you've only got you know they're gonna have to probably play a walk on to you know get the ball up the court that kind of stuff when when he needs minutes so um 
And, you know, Withy's a really good shot blocker for Kansas, but yeah. it feels like Jang is on a whole other level. Oh, my God. I mean, in the Big East tournament, he just was killing people. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could not they could not handle him at all. And the interesting thing is they've got they've got two other forwards who are a lot younger. Like one, I think, is a freshman. One's a sophomore. They're just huge. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, I think what it is is they've got plenty of size on that team, but they also um, just play. I mean, like lockdown defense. I mean, it's it's so. And the the weird thing is, even their big guys can shoot. Um, I don't, there's not a lot of weaknesses on that team. It's kind of hard to find them. Um, and I think if anything, probably. If you can, you know, get Peyton Siva into foul trouble, that's the first way I would go about trying to game plan around them. Mm-hmm. You've got to take the ball to him as much as you can. But the problem with that is he's a really good defender. So, yeah, that's, um, that's true. I don't know, but you know, they they pretty much handled Duke how I thought they would. So, um, and then then you had some you know big stories like LaSalle making it to the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah. They also won the playing game. It was pretty good to see. Well, Oregon was. Vastly underrated. They should not have oh, been at yeah. twelve. I think that whole pack twelve was really, mm-hmm. which is interesting because of what UCLA did with their coach. But yeah, I mean to have I, an to have an Ole Miss LaSalle matchup where we were all thinking it would be Wisconsin Kansas State like that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. That that was that's. I mean that's probably I'd be really disappointing for those schools who had you know decent years and. Um, got good seedings and everything, but just really didn't even show up. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you know, Florida Gulf Coast is the story of the tournament. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, really impressive. And interesting thing about their, you know, about their coach, he's dating a supermodel. Yeah, I mean, he's very wealthy. <laughs> and now he's the coach at USC. Yeah. Which so. is what I, I thought it was really interesting because I was thinking, well, you know, he's already got plenty of money. So, like, you know, why would he like I was like thinking, well, I mean, you know, obviously you have aspirations as a coach, but he like built that program. So I figured he would stay there just because yeah, he didn't need think. the money or anything. But I mean, because I mean, a lot of times, you know, that's what it is. You you get offered so much more money someplace else that it's hard not to take it. Plus, it just seems like a better but I mean, yeah. you're gonna be a lot more. The thing is, if you take that bigger job, you're always gonna be more scrutinized. Mm-hmm. That's why people are kind of shying away from UCLA. I mean, yeah. Oh, um, I mean, they fire their coach, and then you know they offer to Brad Stevens. He stays at Butler. They offer to Shaka Smart. He stays at VCU. I mean, if you don't make the Final Four every year there, within three years you're out. He, he won it like three out of four years. Like, yeah, it's, I mean, it's crazy. The, that's the thing. Or go That's to the Final Four. I mean. there, but the thing is, most UCLA coaches are going to get fired. Yeah. You're just going to get fired. I mean, not nobody is that good. I mean, every once in a while, spoiled by Wooden. Yeah, they can do that, but not many. I mean, there are not really many guys like Duke's coach that can do that almost every single year. Mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, you're right. I don't know. It's weird. I, I mean, it, it's one thing to set like a precedence and like say, "Oh, we expect this," but holy cow! Like, how much, how much money are these guys getting paid to get to know that they're going to get fired? Like, in a couple of years. another questionable hiring decision recently. You know, in the mid-tournament aftermath, uh, Minnesota firing Tubby Smith, and then they went and hired Patino's brother. 
Yeah. I think his name is Richard. No. What is his uh, name? Some Patino. One year of head coaching experience at Florida International, and he had like a 500 season. Yeah, I mean, Minnesota, everyone. <laughs> you know, obviously, Tubby Smith didn't win a national championship there. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, when he was at Kentucky, he won a national championship, and then they fired him. It's a pretty big difference, though, well, between yeah. the talent pool and cachet between so, Kentucky uh, and what, Minnesota. What, he's at Texas Tech now? I think I so, yeah. he took the mm-hmm. job there, yep. so um, that'll be interesting. I'll get to mm-hmm. see see his teams play a little. Um, yeah, yeah. Minnesota started off hot this year and then didn't really do much. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's get to making the play here. Who wins the tournament? You've got Louisville playing Wichita State and then Michigan playing Syracuse. I must say, for my prediction of Kansas winning the whole thing, if... It's not Kansas in that final four spot. I'm glad it's Michigan. I did not think it would happen. I'll be the first to tell you that. I've been the first to tell my friends that. But I'm glad they're there. And I think they've got a good chance against Syracuse. I'm not going to expect a win. But for prediction's sake, I'll put them there in the national championship game. Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone's stopping Louisville, though. Uh, That team is playing on fire. And if anything, the Kevin Ware injury may hinder their depth. But that gives him so much more motivation to yeah. win for him. Yeah, I, I, I really do think that, that that is like... I can't really think of anything positive to come out of that besides something like that because obviously it was just awful. Mm. But, um, you know, it, it might make that team come together a little better. You know, hopefully it doesn't come to the point where that depth hurts them. I, I At least I think the next matchup it won't. Maybe the one after that. It could become a problem, yeah. But um, I don't know. I, I just I really like. Um, it's interesting. Go, you look at the teams that are in there, and really, you know, they a lot of you know they score, but really, what got all these teams there is defense. Yep. You look at all their games, and you know there might be a few eighty pointers in there where the other team scored like eighty or seventy or something like that. Really good defensive teams, really good defensive performances all throughout the playoffs, and obviously, like you expect that from Louisville and Syracuse because Syracuse's zone just gives everybody trouble, trouble, and Louisville's pressure gives everybody trouble. But really surprising, Michigan's defense has played a lot better. They really have, and it's it's been remarkable because it was a big, big, big problem mm-hmm. going not just in the Big Ten tournament period. I'm looking at this team, and it's a team that you look at them and you say they have trouble rebounding the ball and they have trouble playing defense, and that's going to get you bounced so early in the tournament. Yeah, but a lot of people were, pulled it together. were talking about Syracuse and how um, in a lot of their matchups they've gone up against smaller guards mm. and how they've been able to handle them because they're smaller or something like that. Oh, and then they've had, they had games in the Big East tournament where they just look dreadful. Yeah. Oh, no. I mean, their final regular season game, they got destroyed by Georgetown. Mm-hmm. Um, so, obviously, they've improved a lot since then. Um, and it's funny. Like, in past years, I've picked Syracuse to go far, like, at least Final Four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, the, the one year I don't pick them, that's when they get me. Yeah, I, I mean, I generally just rule of thumb, try and pick them... Just depending, like I, I look at what they did in the Big East tournament, and that's usually how I 
rank where they're going to be or, or like how far I think they're going to get. Mm-hmm. Because usually if they're playing well defensively, like enough, then the offense is already going to be there because they always get skilled players. So, I mean, I think that's the thing. Like when they had um, Carmelo there, yeah, he didn't have to do anything on defense because they just played that zone. And I mean, he was basically saving energy for offense and you go down on the other end and dunk it on you. Mm-hmm. So um, that, that's, and they always get really good players too. So they always have really, really good players and then they just don't have to use as much defense energy on defense. So that's nice. Um, I don't know. I think that I actually think Michigan can figure out the zone this mm-hmm. time. <clears throat> really. Um, one of the things I think that helps them is Beeline has a lot of experience playing against it um, from his years in the Big East. Um, obviously, it's going to be a little different because he changes that zone up, you know, all the time. But I think his experience with it will really help him because obviously you can't practice against it. You just can't. You can't really prepare for it in a certain way. But I think he'll give them the right information that they need in order to break it down. Mm-hmm. And I think they have the players to do it, too. So um, I think it will still be a really close game. But I'm leaning towards Michigan right now. Um, and then, you know, I think Louisville will probably... I, I just... I, I don't know how they don't overwhelm the other team. You know, I felt like... Um, you know, which Wichita State just got by in that last game. Like, mm-hmm. they just did not finish that game well at all. Which is sad because they started off so strong, but... Um, Unless they show me something different in this game, I, I really like. I think if they had finished that game stronger, then I'd you know lean a little more towards it being a closer game. But I don't really think it'll be close now. Um, so I, I've got Louisville, Michigan playing. I, I think Louisville's just that pressure is just too tough mm-hmm. for for any for anyone right now. I I really I think if they played anyone right now, they you know they'd turn them over enough to win the game, even if they didn't shoot well. Yeah, I think uh, it's a I think it's a point where Louisville has to <clears throat> not live up to the way they've been playing rather than the other team <clears throat> shutting them down by any chance. Yeah. I think it's gotta be like almost self inflicted for them to lose yeah. in a way. I, I think what it like if you have to be able to handle the ball, here's the difference between Louisville and let's say Florida, Michigan's like last opponent. Um Florida had been pressing against like, you know, all year, and that's how they that's how they turned you over and scored in transition all year. They decided not to do it because they thought Michigan could handle it. Louisville's still going to pressure Michigan because mm-hmm. they do it so well. Yep. I think that's kind of the difference. I think it's just there's a talent gap between those two t- teams. So so that's why. And I think if Florida had done that, that game would have been even a little bit closer at least. But, you know, just not even deciding to do it because Michigan is a good passing team. Yeah, but, um, but I mean, when they... You know, but they broke the press so well against VCU. Like they did a really good job at the beginning of that. But VCU mm-hmm. just doesn't have the same level of athletes. And you can yeah. tell by the end of the game, like Michigan was starting to struggle with the press a bit, mm. and that may have just been you know a lack of caring or you know putting some some bench players in. Yeah, but... I mean there were a lot of comparisons between VCU and Kansas. I, I think those teams are really similar. I think Kansas might have a little bit better offensive team, but I, I think. I thought VCU, at least what they did defensively, was really similar to what Kansas does. So, All right, well, let's move on to the 
five-yard line story. Baseball season has begun. Opening mm-hmm. day is past us. I got to say, it's a season... Well, first of all, I love baseball. Mm-hmm. Like Baseball is the fondest sport to my heart. I played it for 12 years. I mm-hmm. umpired, and like that was my first like job where I mm-hmm. made you know relatively regular money was mm-hmm. a baseball umpire. So baseball is very very dear to me and mm-hmm. this was a season where it just snuck up on me. <laughs> I'm like it it is opening, opening day, day already. <laughs> wow. I mean you you hear like the spring training games and like the pitching and catching reporting and all that but Baseball season really snuck up on me. Yeah. And granted, I I like it, and it's kind of weird with, you know, you do have a good team generally in Detroit this year, mm-hmm. where it's, it hasn't been a very regular thing in years past. Um, now you're also, like, in two ga- or three games in, there are <laughs> bullpen problems, and the, the typical baseball drama, if you have a, a market that really cares about baseball. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that's crazy as it is. Um, but we figured we'd give our little, uh, you know, not really preseason prediction, but, you know, season prediction of, you know, what happens, who wins the division, uh, and that's where we make the play, who wins the division, pennants, yeah. World Series, all that stuff. What stands out to you this year for baseball season, Joel? Um, I, I've noticed, I've noticed a lot more, uh, Blue Jay hype. Hmm, Yes. This year, just like everywhere I go, everywhere I look, all over the place, just lots and lots of it's their year kind of things. Um, so I don't know, that's one thing. Um, you I mean, know, they, I, they really did up the pitching staff. Yeah, they did. Which is you know something they've always struggled with. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, you know, R. A. Dickey was you know the big, uh, the big signing for them. I'm mean, trying to look at their their roster here. Actually, death chart probably is better. Uh, yeah, I also had Mark Burley as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason John or Josh Johnson, excuse me. Brandon mm-hmm. Morrow. I, it's, it's a good pitching staff there, which they've never really had before. Yeah. Jose Reyes like, was the big signing as well. Yeah, like like I don't know. And like the more and more I look at it, I'm like I'm I'm, I'm like really thinking a lot more about like you know you know I I kind of like them in the East. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess sticking with the American lead, I'm thinking maybe like uh, Detroit in Central. Yeah. And then um, let's see, Angels in the West. Yeah. Yeah, I think <clears throat> Detroit and the Angels, like that's they they should be the two big runaways. Mm-hmm. Um, the Angels just have. That monster <clears throat> offense, which should be enough to power them through, uh, because you <clears throat> do have, I mean, you still have Mike Trout, and then you have Trumbo, you know the the young players there. But when you have Pujols, and then you also have Hamilton there, uh, that is that's a lot. Yeah, I'm trying um, to look at their their pitching <clears throat> staff here, like that's generally like, the weakest part. But you still have Jared Weaver, you still have C.J. Wilson. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, those are here enough, or should be enough to get you first place in that division. And it, we got to point out, Houston is a, an atrocious team, <laughs> uh, but they are in the American League this year, and I did not know mm. that they were changing their 
jerseys yeah. and logos and all that to make the change and uh, orange okay sure orange whatever yeah. <laughs> uh, that that's going to be interesting i mean it, it never really totally clicked for me until a couple years ago that like oh there are more teams in the national league than the american league like you yeah. always think it's it's pretty even and all that and now hockey's about to get to that situation where uh, there are more teams in the East than in the West. Um, but yeah, I mean, Houston's in the American League. And Texas, I think, is going to struggle a little bit this year. Like, if, mm-hmm. if they keep their offense up, they'll win enough games. But Yeah, like, I, I, yeah, I think, you know, they could be a wild card, mm-hmm. possibly. Yeah. Um, and then, what, maybe... Uh, maybe the Rays? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the yeah, the yeah. East is going to be, you know, the tough division in the American League. Yeah, um, I think don't count Boston out. Yeah, yeah. My, my gut's mean, telling me Boston, and I'm not sure if Baltimore can necessarily follow it up because you know last year was mm-hmm. winning all those close games that really made the difference. Um, I'd like to say the Yankees won't make the playoffs, but I. <laughs> Uh, you can never say that with full. They'll certainty. start off like zero and ten, and then go like twenty and no. Yeah, you just watch. <laughs> Something like that crazy will happen. Um, I've got a gut feeling about Boston this year. Okay. I think they turn it around. Um, but that you Detroit... or their fans go crazy, right? Kill. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, Detroit and you know the Angels. Those are are good bets for the Central and the West. Yeah. Although. You know, the Central and you know what's happening with the Tigers right now. The Tigers are struggling with their bullpen. Mm. And it's that is very frustrating to watch if you have a team that is you know struggling with that. Big news today in Detroit, they brought back Jose Valverde oh. on a minor, minor league contract. Mm. And he was the you know, relief pitcher, the closer, who did really well throughout the year, but just broke down in the playoffs and yeah. Lost all that confidence. I mean, the, those games against the Yankees where, like, Ibanez hits two home runs and all that. I mean, it was, it was nonsense. Craziness. Um, so he's back because they had a close that they were hyping up the whole offseason and then go into spring training. And he hasn't been working out that well. And they send him back down to the minor leagues. So they're going to do a closer by committee. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, game two. And... Phil Coke blows a save <laughs> against the Twins. <laughs> yeah. So they're they're kind of panicking right now. And then the offense isn't doing as well. I mean, it, it's early, but yeah, Detroit it has really too much early. talent. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think uh, they'll get it figured out. Mm-hmm. Uh, a team that's got it figured out as we go into the National League is Washington. Yes. Holy cow. They're really good. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'd say if you if you didn't have like a, a pick for you know the East, mm-hmm. it's a pretty good uh, pretty good pick. If you if you didn't even know anything about baseball and you you didn't even know anything about the Nationals, I. Go with the Nationals. <laughs> uh, their pitching is exceptionally strong. You have Steven Strasburg, who's finally off this you know, limit of innings pitched and pitched wonderfully on yeah. opening day for them. Uh, Gio Gonzalez, and then you have Jordan Zimmerman, Dan Heron, who's 
have been great. And then uh, Ross Detweiler, who's a good enough fifth starter. Mm-hmm. Um, that team is is just pretty loaded right now for the, the National League standards. Yeah. And you do have San Francisco, who I, I think will win that division again. The Dodgers mm-hmm. might be a wild card, but Colorado, Arizona, and San Diego, I don't see them making waves in the West. Uh, yeah. San Francisco should be another you know strong team. Uh, as far as the Central goes, that's looking like Cincinnati's division from the early yeah. onset. Yeah, that's who I would go with as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, you know, I, I liked them last year too. Yeah. You know, trying to, to obviously, you know, kind of disappointed people in the playoffs a little, but mm-hmm. um, I liked them. Um, I think it's a good pick. I, um, I think even just based on what you saw, you know, before the playoffs last year. Now, do you think this is the year where the Pittsburgh Pirates get that winning record? Uh, um, it'd be nice to you know, just because, um, you know, their their, their tickets still aren't really that expensive. I've been to a few of their games and. Um, it'd be not, you know, nice to see for, they, they get lots of people to come out last year. Their attendance went up a lot because they, you know, they were playing a lot better. Um, I, let's see, I'm just trying to think, I'm looking at those. I'm trying to think about the other teams. Um, cause I, you know, I still think Cincinnati will pretty much own them. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I don't think they, this is the Cubs' year. <laughs> yeah, I, I think if they, um, if they, you know, get on a couple hot streaks, maybe like, uh, you know, like win like six games in a row, like something like that, like a couple times, like early, especially early. Um, then by the end of the year, I, I think if they do, I, I still don't think it's going to be very. Clo- like I, I think it's gonna be really close as uh, the win loss thing. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Um, but I, 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 you know, I think if they can, I, I think they're starting to figure things out a little better <laughs> compared to where they used to be. Um, so I don't know. Let's say yeah, but it's really close. I'm gonna say it's really close, but no, <laughs> just because history. I, I mean, McCracken's a. Great, no McCutcheon. Sorry, McCutcheon. Yeah, yeah. Who's Quentin McCracken? McCracken. Quentin McCracken used to be a player. I yeah. think. Maybe, maybe it might not even be baseball. Now Andrew McCutcheon, who yeah. was on the um the show cover. Yeah. MLB thirteen the show. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to get in the <laughs> baseball spirit, you should Google Scott Stapp. Marlins theme. Oh. And Scott Stapp with two Ps. Now, Scott Stapp is the... He's not really the former singer, but he's still the lead singer of the band Creed. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, friends shared a video that I had seen years before. It's a few years old when it's still the Florida Marlins. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Scott Stapp singing a theme for the Florida Marlins. <laughs> Let go, Marlins, play. Um, so, yeah, if you want to get in the baseball mood, go 
look that one up. Yeah. And just make make it a tradition, like before every game. Sure. Sure. <laughs> every game, every day. <laughs> one strike and two strikes. I swear, like after like maybe the tenth time your ears will stop bleeding. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> So who do you have uh, in the World Series and then winning the World Series? Um, let's see. I've got the Detroit Tigers. Woo! Yeah. And the Washington Nationals. Hmm. Interesting. I do as well, actually. <laughs> I mean, from a paper standpoint, these are the best teams. Yeah. I don't I mean... It's probably probably won't be either. You Let know me- what we said that about the Tigers both <laughs> winning the World Series, and that got really close. So that's if good. if that's the case that baseball is a little bit predictable right now, I'm gonna take the Nationals beating the Tigers, which sucks. As I, I still think if, if Washington hadn't choked in that one game last year, oh, I I totally that agree. they'd be there. They would have been there last year. So yeah, I mean. It would suck for a Tigers fan that in 2006 and 2012 and 2013, assuming that it would happen, that they would lose in the World Series. But I think the Tigers can get so far but not seal the deal, which is Mm -hmm. unfortunate because as a fan of these hometown Detroit teams, uh, Mike Illich, who owns Little Caesars and so many things is also the owner of the tigers and the red wings yeah and right now he's spending so much money on the tigers that i think he's you can only do so much in the salary cap in the nhl yeah but the red wings are kind of doing this stalling thing which kind of happened to the pistons as well and then when other teams get better around you and you do nothing you get worse yeah, and uh, the Red Wings are kind of in this lull because I think Illich is focusing too much. I don't know. I'm talking too much Detroit sports talk. <laughs> Nobody cares about that stuff, so I'll stop. Point is, I think the Tigers can do quite well this year. Should do quite well this year. Um, but wow, I mean, we're going to be coming up on basketball playoffs and hockey playoffs soon. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. I also wanted to mention a couple other stories. Uh, you do have that whole Rutgers basketball coach Oof. thing, Mike Oof. Rice. When you're caught on videotape and you're grabbing kids and you're pushing kids and you're throwing balls at kids and yeah. then you're using slurs at kids, you're going to get fired. Yeah, you are. It's, I you're mean, it's, a nightmare. It's kind of disgusting that, you know, the school, oh, they looked at it and they suspended him for a few games. And now that it's the reaction that... You know, it won't allow the coach to do his job, so now they have to fire him. Like that's ridiculous. But that's that's universities. And, and you so. know, the way contracts work, he still gets paid probably a good amount of money. Mm-hmm. And the assistant has just resigned as well. Uh, he was also seen on video shoving the players as well. But the other really big story, and it comes out of the college basketball, is that the Pac-12 head of officials. I don't know if you've heard about this one. Uh, <laughs> During their tournament, the Pac-12 tournament, he made some comment as the head of officials that, you know, he'll you know pay one of the referees like five hundred dollars, give him a vacation, whatever, if he runs Arizona coach Sean Miller out of a game or tees him up, or something to that extent. And as the head of officials, 
you can try to pass that off as a joke, but that's not really going to work. Well, yeah. And uh, the you're gonna have like just... all your games reviewed again. Well, and looked you know, at Sean Miller, the coach of Arizona, did get a technical that same day, and he's like, "I haven't gotten one all year, so why did I get one now? I wasn't doing anything out of the ordinary." Um, news that broke during the show that I mentioned earlier. Uh, head of officials Ed Rush has resigned following the comments he made. Dude, someone's so. got like a vendetta against this guy. I don't know. What? Or he That's just doesn't weird. want Arizona winning. It's, it's just ridiculous. Like, Arizona. You, you can't make those jokes as a head of official. Yeah, That's what? ridiculous. Is he trying to get fired? Uh, maybe. I'm tired of this. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of all the fans screaming at me. Well, it's also ridiculous that, you know, back to the Rutgers coach, the players support him. <sighs> Man. I, it, yeah, just... There's a, such a thing as hard coaching, but... I'm just trying that, to think if they're going to, like... No. ...get to go there. It's it's going to be hard to get someone to come to that program just because um, they're... Oh, no, wait. Never mind. For some reason, I was thinking, they're going to the Big Ten, right? Yes. Okay, never mind. I was thinking they were going to be left in the limbo conference-wise, but they'll, they'll be okay. Did you hear that the new Big East is called the American Athletic Conference? <laughs> well, you'll have the ACC, and you'll have the AAC. That's a, that's a good one right there. Yep. Yep. Um, now, also, big stuff is going down at Auburn, where well, not only have 12 of their players apparently failed synthetic pot tests... But there is stuff going down where there are reports that during their national championship run, Auburn paid players to stay instead of go to the NFL. Uh, you know, Coach Gene Chizik refutes this, or former coach Gene yeah, Chizik refutes yeah. this. Um, yeah, that's that's always bad news when you know you have some college football scandal that's talking about paying players, and uh, it's just. It's, uh. it's, um, and then there is, <laughs> here's an interesting story. Uh, Shane Battier predicts the NBA will have a female player oh, in I saw our that. lifetime. Who is that? Um, Brittany Griner from Baylor. Yeah, What's his name? Mark Cuban. Oh yeah. That comment. That's right. <laughs> and then like, I mean, okay, like, okay. I'm going to be mean here, but nothing against her. You no. listen to her talk. She sounds like a dude. Like, well, okay. if, you're not, if you're not looking at the TV, yeah, like you think that's a guy talking, and then yeah, I mean, she talented as I've hell. Seen, yeah, I've it. seen her play in person, yeah. and um, she didn't dunk in the game that I saw. Oh yeah, she could have if she wanted to though. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, um, I you know I'd like to talk a lot more. I now I can't seem to remember her name. Um, the Deladon? girl that plays for yeah Delaware. Um, I think. Definitely second center picked overall. Yeah, this this year in in That's the WNBA draft. I mean, it's a great story with yeah. Elena Deladon that you know it's I mean, been you developing gotta, for you years. Think about like if she had been at UConn, like oh man, <laughs> like they would have that would have been a hell of a team by even like twenty more points. Well, yeah, <laughs> like, she she carries that Delaware team all by herself. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. They had her, and then they had one shooting guard that was pretty. It was pretty good, but like she bas- was basically just give her the ball. Like it was funny because like they give her the ball to like bring it up the court, and she can move. Yeah, for that size, 
Yeah, someone. I mean, she'll. It'll be it'll be fun to see her go up against Griner yeah. in the WNBA. And then Jason Hansen retired today. Yeah, twenty one years as a kicker, mm-hmm. all with the Detroit Lions. You know, third most field goals of all time. Mm-hmm. Um. So rest that leg. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anything else sports wise before we wrap up the show here? Um, the trade deadline in the NHL. Yeah. Marion Gabrick um, goes to the Blue Jackets. The Blue Jackets are trying to make a run. Oh, the playoffs are in the eighth spot. Wow. Um, um, <laughs> interesting <laughs> article title. Roberto Luongo, uh, the Vancouver goalie. Luongo on staying put. My contract sucks. <laughs> Tell it like it is. <laughs> I got Jerome McGinley going to the Penguins. Yarmir Yager going to the Bruins. Um. The hmm. team's making moves. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, that's going to be a fun you know, playoffs, especially with the oh, man. lockout I'm and excited. everything. Yeah. It's just nice, like... You know, I wish I could go to a Pins game. Yeah, they had that 15-game winning streak. Or... Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that playoffs are going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then we'll, you know, have more of the baseball season and have more to talk about. So it's going to be a good time. I mean, once it hits July and there's that lull period of, you know, baseball all-star break and nothing happens sports-wise, that'll be yeah. interesting. But we've, we've got a good time ahead of us. So yeah. we'll enjoy the rest of the tournament and we'll have some good times with that. Hey, did, before you know it, spring prac. I mean, spring oh, scrimmages. Yeah. For football, Practices. they're coming up in the next couple weeks, guys. Oh man, I, I I'm going to ours. Hell Watch yeah! How bad our team's gonna be this year. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they might have a good offense, but you gotta do something about that defense. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, with that, I'm Peter, and I'm Joel. We hope you enjoy the weekend sports.